sharing good news of great joy to all people. Elation Church. For over four weeks now, every day, this Bible verse has just popped up in my head. Who has ever memorized Ephesians 3.20? A lot of us. It says this, Now to him, everybody say God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. I've known this Bible verse for a long time. I might have mentioned it before, but it's never been the foundation verse for a message that I preached until God began laying it on my heart. And I know when I keep thinking about a Bible verse over and over, I mean, we were preaching through the incarnation and having those services and preparing those services, but during the whole time, over four weeks, like I said, almost every day, the Holy Spirit kept bringing that up, bringing that up, and I'm like, well, how am I going to preach that one verse? So... I believe God's given me some new kind of insight through his word. And today, just to keep you engaged, we're going to find the uh, connection. Everybody say connection. Between Legos, Legos, and Ephesians 3.20. There's a connection. Is anyone interested yet? Okay, here we go. So I've entitled this message, Exceedingly Abundantly More in 2024. So hopefully that will be burnt in your mind and you'll think about this all year, not just this week. See, most of the time we get excited about what we're thinking about right now and then we forget it. Get excited about the word of God that's present in our lives and then we don't remember what God just did and what God just revealed to us. But I believe this can stay with us all year because of that funny little rhyme, exceedingly abundantly more in 2024. Now, I didn't get this from anybody else. Jeffrey said, who'd you hear say that? Where'd you get that at? Well, I'll tell you where I got it at. Um, back in the 90s, when we first went on the road in evangelism, I was preaching at Commission Road Baptist Church just outside of Gulfport, Mississippi. Okay? And they had a gravel parking lot at the church. How many of you know if you wear dress shoes on gravel, it's rough on leather heels and leather and shoes? Or, you know, I don't, girls wearing spike heels. I mean, it's almost impossible to walk on gravel, right? So their theme for 1994 was gravel no more <laughs> in 94. That's the closest I've come to of giving anybody credit for this message today. Exceedingly abundantly more in 2024. Like I said, that verse, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, God, who is able. Everybody say God is able. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. How many of you can ask a lot? How many of you can think about asking a lot? Well, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than that according to his power that is working in you. Everybody say God is able. Romans 16, 25. Now to him, God, who is able to establish you according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, God is able. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And this is talking about our finances. And as we give, in the same measure we give, be measured back to us. And it's saying God is able to make all grace abound toward you. What's that word grace means? Anybody figured that out yet? My definition for grace. I mean, most people just quickly say unmerited favor. You know, grace is unmerited favor. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. Grace is unmerited favor. But to expand that a little bit, grace is God's acts, his activity, his actions 
of kindness and favor towards you and towards me. I had to have an amen right there. Okay? God's acts of kindness and favor towards you and towards me. Not because we've earned it or deserve it or worked for it, but because he's God and he's good and he's able. Everybody say God is able. Now to him, Jude 124, now to him who is able, there you go, God's able again, to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Amen. I'll start amen on myself. Everybody say God is able. He's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless. You might look at yourself. Some, so many times we look at ourselves and we want to beat ourselves up and we're like, but I've messed up. I'm not faultless. How many of you would say I'm, I'm not faultless? Well, because of the cross, Jesus is able to present you to the Father as faultless. Whew. Isn't that freeing? I mean, don't that, don't that give you some freedom? 2 Timothy 1.12 I know whom I have believed in, and I'm persuaded that he is able. Everybody say God is able. God is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Everybody say, God is able. Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Well, he sanctified us, right? So he's able to build us up. He's able to give us an inheritance. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Join heirs with Christ is what the Bible says. Everybody say God is able. See, y'all need to smile when you say God is able. Do you believe that he's able? Well, that should put a smile on your face. Hebrews 7.25 Therefore, he is also able, if you didn't think he was able enough, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. That word save in the Greek is save, deliver, protect. And he does it entirely, full-ended, all the way through, okay? He's able to save to the uttermost. And then back to Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Who would like to see God's promises and God's blessings and God and who God is. Who would, who would like to see that in a greater measure in 2024 than you've ever seen in your life? Who wants to? Now I've got a question. Is there anything that can limit what God is able to do for us? Think about it. We're going to look at the Word, okay? I'm not just coming up with an answer that's not based on what God's Word says. But is there anything that can limit us, can limit what God can do for us, what He is able to do for us? Is there anything that can make us not experience exceedingly abundantly more in this upcoming year? Turn your attention to Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And yeah, we've read this before, maybe a time or two in the last three years. Mark 6, starting with verse 1. Then he, Jesus, everybody say Jesus, went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying. Now, this word saying, the Greek word saying is lego. Everybody say lego. 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 That's not where lego came from. Because it's 
not Greek origins in the word of Lego. Okay, But this particular word is Lego. So the people who heard Jesus in his own hometown teaching in the synagogue, they were astonished, but then they began saying something. What were they saying? Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter? the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Do you get the picture? Jesus came back to his own hometown. He came back to the synagogue and he stood up and he he read the scriptures in the synagogue and talked about that a little bit. And the people there said, now wait a minute, we know this guy. He's, he's just a carpenter. All of his brothers and sisters, we know, you know, it's, we know him, we're familiar with him. And they're basically saying, why does he think that he's such big stuff? Okay? I mean, he's just like the rest of us. They were offended at who Jesus was. And Jesus responded in verse 4. It says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Even his brothers tried to pull him back and say, you know, you're, you're just our brother. You know, They tried to pull him back. James, his brother, who became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, didn't believe until after the resurrection. Didn't believe it. I mean, it was always his fault. It was never Jesus' fault. Hello? How would you like to grow up with somebody who was actually perfect and never sinned? Would you, would you be upset at them? All right? He's like, you never do anything wrong. I always get in trouble, right? So, listen to verse 5. It says, now he could do no mighty work there. Everybody say, what? I mean, he's Jesus. He's God. He's God and man. I mean, he's the, he's the God man. He's doing all these miracles. I mean changing water into wine and healing people and delivering people and all those things. But it says he couldn't do it in his own hometown, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And Jesus marveled. He went, wow. Everybody go, wow. Say it backwards. He marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. How many of you believe Jesus wanted to do more in his own hometown than he was able to do, right? So something limited him from being able to do what he wanted to do. He wanted them to experience all the miracles that he was going to share with the rest of the region. He wanted them to experience it too. He wanted that to happen in his own hometown, but it could not happen. It says he could not do mighty work there. He wanted to, but he couldn't because of two things. Everybody say two things. Unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. And Lego. Everybody say Lego. He couldn't do it. And just like their unbelief and their Lego, what they were saying, just like that, limited what Jesus could do in his own hometown, those same two things can limit you and me from seeing 
God's ability and what God wants to do. Hello? How many of you believe God probably wanted to do more in 2023 than he was able to do in your life? How many of you believe he wants to do more? Exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. I mean, is it in the Bible or not? Are you with me? Don't get offended like they did because I'm sharing the truth with you. Because I know this rubs all up against what some of us have been taught. I mean, it, it rubs hard. Can anybody agree with me? But unbelief and words can limit what God can do in your life. I'm going to look at two words that are translated say in our English Bibles. The first one is epo. Everybody say epo. That means to speak or say. That means you've got to get it out. You can't just think it. And this is something that I deal with every day in my walk of faith because I think it a lot and I think Bible verses and I, and I think all these things, but I never get it out of my mouth. It's important to say it. Look to the person beside you and tell them, it's important to say it. It's important to speak it. Epo, to speak or say. Not just think it, but say it. Okay, the other word is Lego. Everybody say Lego. Lego is different, even though it's translated say or saying in our English language. And it means to lay forth in words, but it also carries this with it. Words of systematic or set discourse. Systematic or set discourse. Instead of just speaking it out, it means that there's a systematic or set discourse. We're, we're building something. We're establishing something with our words. Are you with me? Don't look like a calf looking at a new gate. Even though this is a new gate. Okay? Lego, to lay forth in words of systematic or set discourse, we're, we're building and establishing something with our words. We're not just saying it one time. I mean, we're, it's what we say on a regular basis, on a repeated basis, is, is showing what we believe, actually. So when these people saw Jesus come back to their hometown, they began to build or establish that Jesus is not all that. He's just one of us. His brothers are here. His sisters are here. He's just a carpenter's son. Who does he think he is? So they established that with their words and because of their words, Jesus said, well, wow. I wanted to do so much more, but I can't because of their unbelief. That's what Jesus said. Because of what they had established or built with their words. Are you with me? Are you with me? Say amen or oh me or something. I mean, because you probably know where I'm going. Let's take a look at another example that's different. Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 25, says this. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, everybody say broke, busted, disgusted. She had spent, she had spent all that she had, no, and was no better, but was worse. 12 years. When she heard about Jesus. Does anybody remember that verse? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she heard something. She heard that there was a man named Jesus. She heard that he was helping people and delivering people and healing people and doing all these great things for all these people. She heard about Jesus. It says when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him 
in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, everybody say Lego. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I've got a question. Did she say that one time? I think if she said it one time, we'd have the word epo here instead of lego. The word lego tells us that as soon as she heard about Jesus, she began establishing and building with her words. And she said, I've heard about Jesus. If I can get to him and if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. I'll be healed if I can get to Jesus. I bet she said that all the time. That became her set discourse. Her, she's building that. She heard about Jesus. He's not in town yet, but she's like, oh, if I can touch his clothes. And you know why she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, right? Because the Bible said when the Messiah comes, he will have healing in his wings. And that word wings is also translated the hem. So she believed in Jesus. She believed that he was a Messiah. She believed that he had healing even in the hems of his garment. And she began to say, everybody say believe. Everybody say say. Now, I'm going to tell you what she didn't say. Well, I don't know if this will work or not. I doubt it. You know, I've had this for 12 years. You know, I'm going to give Jesus a chance. I'm, I'm going to try it. You know, I'm... I'm just going to try it. I don't know if it'll work or not. But I'm, just, I'm going to try it because, you know, the guy, the guy at church last Sunday down at the synagogue, he said, you know, well, if you say it and, and believe it, then, then I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm just going to give it a shot. Probably won't work because I've been dealing with this for 12 years. It's really who I am. You know, everybody in town knows who I am. Everybody knows I got this condition. Everybody knows I'm having this trouble. You know what? It probably won't work, but I'll give it a shot. She did not say that. <laughs> Come on. Her systematic discourse, she's building a case, and over and over and over again, not wavering, not doubting. She's saying, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. It's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment and I'm going to be made well. It was her Lego. Immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who was it? Who touched me? But his disciples said to him, Jesus, here's people all over the place. Everybody's bumping into everybody because everybody wants to be close to you. And you see the multitude thronging and you're going to ask who touched you? 20 people have touched you in the last 30 seconds. What do you mean who touched you? Jesus was talking about a different touch. A bunch of people touched him. But only one reached out and touched him in faith. He looked around to see. <laughs> and you know what? I believe Jesus could see it on her face. He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. What was the truth? I heard about you, Jesus. And I knew 
If I could touch your clothes, I'd be made whole. I knew it. That was the whole truth. And he said to her, Whoo, I felt that power come out of me. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Y'all heard that song? Is that what he said? Y'all ain't never heard that song? Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Nobody's heard that one? All right. That's not what he said. Power. You know, aren't you glad I was here today? With all my power. That's not what he said. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So, in this story, we see a combination of two things, right? Hello? Is anybody with me? Do you see a combination of two things? Actually, a combination of three things. We have her words. We have her faith. We know she had faith because she acted on what she believed. And we have the ability and the power of God. We have all three of those things, right? Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I know you're trying to figure it out. But that's what we have. See, here's the deal. It was not all up to Jesus whether she got healed or not. It wasn't. But it wasn't all up to her either. It wasn't all up to Jesus. Some people live their whole life, and I, I can't tell you how many years I lived my life saying, you know, it's just up to God whether good or bad is going to happen to me, and it's, it's all coming from God. It's tragedy and this stuff and this loss and all this. I mean, it's just all coming from God because God's in control, and it's all Him. I'm just a little puppet living through this life, and it's all up to God. If God wants to heal me, he can heal me. If he don't, he won't. If God wants to provide for me, he'll provide for me. But if he don't, he won't. It's just all up to God. Has anybody lived a day of their life thinking that? It's just all up to God. I tell you, if you'll take hold of this truth today, it'll change your life. It wasn't all up to God. But that doesn't mean that it's all up to me and it's all up to you, right? It's not up to us either. It's not all up to us. But we play a part in it. We play a part. Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. And I know I've talked about this story before, but it just all came together in these words all working out together, I had no idea until I began to study that these words are connected through these stories because I never looked it up. So Jesus answered and said to them, now he had just went to get figs off of a fig tree and when he got there, no figs. The tree was advertising, everybody say advertising. Tree was advertising that it had figs. By the look of it, by the leaves, all this stuff. I mean, Jesus thought there would be figs on this tree, and when he got there, he found out that the tree was false advertising. There were no figs on the tree. So he said, You know what? Because of your false advertising, nobody will ever eat a fig off of you again. You're done as a fig tree. And then the next morning, Jesus and his disciples were walking by. They saw the fig tree. They said, what? The leaves are falling off of it and wrinkled and dying. I mean, this, isn't this the tree that you talked to last night? 
And they were going, wow. Wow. His words are powerful. His words are powerful. As a matter of fact, when you look at Jesus, we don't see that people said, oh, he was handsome or had, you know, just penetrating eyes or anything like that. I mean, it doesn't say he had the best robe or the best sandals or people don't talk about his Gucci robe or his whatever kind of shoes are very expensive. People said, when he talks, something's different about the way he talks than anybody else I've ever seen before. There's authority in what he says. So, they were asking Jesus all the time, Jesus, whew, we see your faith in action. We need faith. We need more faith. How, how does this work, Jesus? And Jesus said, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. See, it's not all up to you, and it's not all up to God. We're to have faith in God. Then he said this, for assuredly I say, Lego, everybody say Lego, because Jesus is establishing something. He's building something. And this isn't, probably isn't the first time he's ever said anything like this. But this is his systematic discourse. He says, here it is. I'm going to build something for you about faith. I'm building this. I'm establishing this about faith for you. And then he says, whoever says, epo, that means you got to say it with your mouth, right? Not just thinking it in your head. You got to say it with your mouth to this mountain. Now, wait a minute. Can mountains hear? Can things that look really big in your life that are keeping you from God's promises or... or what God wants for you and has for you. Can mountains hear? Some people are shaking their head no, yes. What Jesus said to say to the mountain. Now, if Jesus tells you to say to the mountain, then mountains can hear. Can storms hear? The storms of life that you face. Can storms hear? Well, Jesus was out on the sea one night and a bad storm came up. And he spoke, and he, the Bible doesn't say he waved his hand or anything like that. He just said, peace, be still. So storms can hear. Can plants hear? They say if you talk real sweet to your plants in your house, they'll grow better. I've done research on this. You've got multiple plants. You scream at one plant. You talk nice to the other plant. The plants that you talk nice to will grow better. Scientific studies. If you don't believe it, do it at your own house. Okay? So plants here. Can fevers here? Well, Jesus spoke to a fever, the Bible says. And the fever went away. So we may feel foolish or crazy speaking to inanimate things or two situations. See, this always gets me. Sometimes I think about what God's word says. I think about his promise. And then all of a sudden I'll have to tell myself, don't just think it, say it. I've done that this week. I mean, I'm up here preaching this today, but I've done that this week where I've said, no, I don't need to just think it. I need to say it. Y'all are looking at me way too intense. We got to say it. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Why didn't Jesus just say, 
be, move over just a little bit, just get out of my way so that I can get to what God has for me. Why didn't he say move over instead of moved and be cast into the sea? Here's a thought. The sea is the only thing big enough to take a mountain and to make it look like it never existed. Hello? You put a mountain in the sea, it just dissolves all in there, and there's no trace that it ever existed. How many of you have some mountains in your life? Not, not like dirt mountains, but things that are in your life that look like it's impossible to scale in front of you, and it's keeping you from what you feel like God wants as your future. And how many of you would say, I sure would like that moved out of the way. Have you spoke to it? Because I believe that it can be removed and cast into the sea and there will be no evidence that it ever existed in your life. Jesus said that. And he says, and does not doubt in his heart. Everybody say waver. Waver. Has anybody ever wavered a little bit? I mean, you know, we're here at church, man. It's time to start speaking to those mountains. We're going to speak to them all the way. And then tomorrow morning, we're going to say, well, yesterday I was living by faith, but today I'm going to live by sight, and the mountain's still there. And I don't know if any, I don't know, you know, this don't work. This ain't going to work. That's wavering. Bible says when we waver like that, when we're back and forth on what God said and on our feelings or on our sight, if we just move back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and we waver, it's like we're tossed by the waves of the sea, the Bible says. And it says, don't let that person think that they're going to receive anything from God. I didn't say it. I mean, if it's up to me, I'd say, you know, if you get it right 60% of the time. But God said, if we just waver back and forth, don't expect to receive anything. Listen, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, everybody say Lego. We just talked about Epo, now we're talking about Lego again. systematic discourse of your words that you are laying forth if you believe that those things you say will be done Jesus said he will have whatsoever or whatever he says he will have whatever he says that's epo again whatever he says out of his mouth if he says it hey if I touch the hem of his garment I'm going to be whole. If I touch Jesus' clothes, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to, that, I've heard that Jesus is healing people. I know he's not a respecter of persons. I believe he's a Messiah. And I believe if I touch him, I'm going to be healed. As we build with our words, here's the question. What is your Lego? What is your systematic discourse of words over your life. What are you saying? What are you saying over yourself? Over your business, over your family, over what are you saying? What are you building? I've heard these sayings a lot. Seems like every time I get a step ahead, I take two steps backwards. Has anybody ever heard that? Has anybody ever said that? Has anybody ever said, I always make the wrong decision? You know? When it comes to getting in line to check out, I'm thinking I'm getting in the right line, but I always get in the slowest line in the store. I always make the wrong decision. 
Is that what you want? Every time you get a step ahead, do you take two steps backwards? Is that what you want? Come on, somebody. Is that what you want? Well, by your systematic discourse, that's what you're building. (laughs) Anybody used to watch Hee Haw? Come on. Only a few. You've seen reruns of it. I used to watch Hee Haw, Lawrence Welk. I mean, all those. <laughs> but there was a song on Hee Haw every week they were singing. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doom, despair, and agony on me. That was, a, that was their song. Has anybody ever thought, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't even have any luck? I mean, it just seems like nothing turns out right. Nothing ever works out for me. And this time of year, I hear people say it all the time, if anyone's going to catch a flu, it's going to be me. You know, I get the flu about every time this year. If anybody's going to catch it, I'm going to catch it. Is that your systematic discourse? Is that... Are you laying a foundation for what you want? Everybody say Lego. Lego. Now, when Jeffrey was little, and when I was little, I got Legos, right? And they just came in a box. Just a bunch of different colored, bright Legos. You know? I can't tell you how many little, uh, just towers I built. I didn't have any instructions. So I just went with my own imagination and I would build a tower and I'd try to build a little house and you know what? It always looked terrible. Is anybody with me? Because Jeffrey did it, I did it. I mean, you know, just a bunch of blocks in a box. So you just, ooh, let's see how high I can build it and it'll stand up. It was always ugly. It wasn't... I didn't create anything that I was proud of. But I never got one of these. I never got a box from the person who made the Legos, from the people who made Legos. I think I'm too old. I'm not sure that there were even boxes when we were young, Mark. I don't know. It was just a just a container of Legos. Now we got stores and theme parks and all kind of stuff that are all just about Legos. And now you can go to the store and you can say, wow, that's nice. A Fast and Furious car. Now when you open it up, it just has some little plastic bags in there that are filled with different colored Legos and different sizes and different things. But here's the cool thing. In the box... The people who made the Legos give you step-by-step, systematic, everybody say systematic, they give you systematic instructions to find certain pieces and begin putting those pieces together. And if you follow the people who made the Legos, if you follow what they tell you, in your systematic building of Legos, you'll come out with something really nice. The person who made you (laughs) has given you promises and relationship information in order for your life (laughs) to be something beautiful in the eyes of God and in the eyes of everyone else. But for most of us, all of our lives, we just opened up the big bucket full of Legos and just been going after it in in our systematic discourse of what we've been saying And then we're just hit or miss. 
or just hit or miss. But God shows us how to use our words and our faith to combine with his ability and his power so that our lives can be a lot better than they've been before now. There are promises in the word of God pertaining to every aspect of your life. Everything that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, there are promises and blessings and provisions in the word of God for everything you face. You might say, no, there's not. Well, you got to dig it out. And listen, I try to spoon feed as much as I can, but me just spoon feeding it isn't going to help you. You're going to have to be desperate and dig it out for yourself. You got to dig it out. Because I don't know what you're facing and what you're dealing with and how, I mean, I can help you if you want me to help you. I can do some research and try to help you, but you're not going to get it the easy way. Because it's going to have to be you. See, you can't say, hey, Dean, here's, here's about 40 things, here's about 40 Bible verses that I want you to speak over me and over my family and over my business. I want you to do that every day. And I'll give you 20 bucks a day if you say these 40 things every day for me. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to have you 20 bucks every day and I'm going to have all those promises or blessings because I'm the one who said them. Most people want to go to the gym starting January 1st. I mean, that's the same thing. If you say, hey, Dean, I'll give you $20 a day to go to the gym and work out for me. Who's going to benefit? I would benefit. You can't pass it off on someone else. There are promises in the word of God pertaining to every aspect of your life. Instead of saying those other things, I just picked out a couple of Bible verses and put them as me using Lego to build a foundation in my life. I have favor with man and God. I have favor. The Bible says we have favor with man and God, or God and man. Have you ever said that? Have you ever, when you went to a meeting or went to talk to someone. I have favor. Bible says, everything I put my hand to prospers. Look it up. Google it. Find the verse. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Then you've memorized this one. I can do all things through Christ and it's actually in Christ when you look it up. I can do all things in Christ because he empowers me to do all things. Do you ever say that? Is that your systematic discourse over your life? Listen, it needs to be. If somebody in your family begins to say something and it's like, I know that's not what God says about you. I want you to tell them this. I want you to say, is that what you want? Is that what you want? Is that your systematic discourse? Is that what you want? What you just said, is that what you want? Through our faith and our words, our systematic discourse. I believe we will see more promises, more of God's promises manifest in our life in 2024 than we've ever had before. And just like you agreed with me when I said, do you think Jesus wanted to do more for those people in his own hometown? And almost everybody said, yeah, I believe he did by what he said. I believe God wanted to do more in your life than you experienced last year. Because just like me, through our 
words and our faith, we limited what he could do. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. By adding your faith and your systematic discourse words to God's ability and to God's promises. I'm going to be careful what I say over our church. I'm going to be careful what I say over everybody who comes. Because I want to add my faith and my words based on what God's promises are. I want to add my faith and my words to his ability and his promises. So that I can experience exceedingly abundantly more in 2024. I know this is heavy. Because we just want it all to be up to God and we don't want to take any personal responsibility. It's always got to be somebody else's fault. Is anybody with me? We live in a world where it's got to be somebody else's fault. We got to take responsibility. Get our words in agreement with what God says and not waver. Not live by what we see by what we think, by what we feel, but live by the truth. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I pray that it will be planted in our hearts. I pray that it will find good soil in every single person's heart. Not just one or two, but everybody. Pray that your word would find good soil and that it will grow and it will produce a harvest as we act on your truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This online worship experience was brought to you by the friends and partners of Elation Church. 